Welcome to Newsmakers on CHCH Podcast. Thank you for making us a part of your day. I'm your host, Louis Butko. And on today's show, we'll be taking a look at the Ontario Liberal leadership race with my guest, candidate and member of Parliament for the Beaches East York, Nate Erskine-Smith. A born and raised Hamil- uh, Torontonian, excuse me, Erskine Smith was first elected as MP in 2015 and has been re-elected twice, including most recently in 2021. Before jumping into politics, he was a lawyer at a commercial litigation firm in Toronto, in addition to doing volunteer legal work throughout his law career. And when he's not working, he's spending time with his wife and two boys. He's one of four candidates hoping to lead the Liberals back into relevancy at Queen's Park come 2026. And the first one to agree to join us here on Newsmaker. Uh, Mr. Erskine Smith, thank you for joining us today. I uh, really do appreciate it. Let's uh, jump right into it. Why do you even want to be premier? It's a job where half the province, you know, doesn't like you. You got a nice MP job uh, with the with the Liberals. Why would you even want to be premier? It's the same question people asked me ten years ago when I was leaving law for federal politics. Why would you want to do this? And and why is an important question. But I think how is a, a bigger question, which is how do you make the biggest difference with the time that you have? And I left law for federal politics because the federal party was in third place. We'd gone through two tough elections and we faced a really frustrating conservative majority government. And I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to help renew our politics in a serious way. That's where we find ourselves in the exact same place as a provincial party today. And the difference is I now have eight years of experience of working across party lines to get things done, of helping to shape the government's agenda, whether it's stronger climate action, action to address the opioid crisis, action to lift folks out of poverty, and, and, and much more. And I have a track record of building successful teams. And so we've done just that in the leadership. And there's no question this is where we can make the biggest difference to rebuild our party and rebuild our province. You hit a couple of things there, but, uh, you know, there's there's the element of of getting the job and that being of the liberal leader and then there's a tough election that you're going to have to go into in 2026 so so why would you deserve to be premier you mentioned a couple things there but but why do you deserve to be premier well when it comes to this leadership race and really rebuilding the party there there are three things that we are articulating constantly it is values i i don't see the seriousness at queen's park i don't see the values at queen's park that i i want to see in our politics I want smart, fair, and honest representation that serves people. I want confidence and seriousness in getting things done on housing, on healthcare. I want compassion for those in need on ODSP and, and education workers and more. And above all things, if people are going to trust in the possibility of politics, we need to act with integrity. And we see an entire absence of integrity at Queen's Park, and we need to bring that integrity to Queen's Park and rebuild trust in our democracy. Two is big ideas. We've delivered serious, ambitious, credible ideas in the course of this race, and we're going to bring those ideas to Queen's Park in government. And it's action to get housing built. It is action to protect our public health care system, access to family doctors and health teams, mental health and addictions being addressed, and ensuring that seniors can age in place with dignity, with investments in home and community care. My parents are both teachers. We need to invest in inside and outside our classrooms to set our kids up for success and respect our educators so we can set our kids up for success. And lastly, we need serious, strong climate action to make sure that we protect the planet for our kids, but also we create jobs and lower energy bills. And lastly, it's values, it's ideas, and then it's the hard work of building and rebuilding relationships and being accessible. And I have shown myself over eight years to be accessible to 
be straightforward, to speak my mind and, and to be honest with my constituents. And I'm going to bring that same politics of honesty, accessibility, and just the hard work of being on the ground, building relationships in every community through strong local representation. I've lived it for eight years. And I'm going to bring that as a leader to Queen's Park. Now, uh, you may, speaking of Queen's Park, every day it seems like there's a new development in the Greenbelt scandal. Uh, every day it seems like the NDP is trying to move past uh, the Sarah Jama issue after removing her from caucus. Is it frustrating being on the outside looking in as a member of federal parliament that at Queen's Park, you, you don't have much of a voice yourself at all and the liberals don't have much of a voice. How frustrating is that when you're trying to run a liberal leadership campaign? Uh, honestly, it's, it's not a frustration in the sense that we deserve better. I think people, when they watch what's going on at Queen's Park, it's the corruption around the green belt. It is the, you know, the NDP tripping over themselves as, as they implode in their own way. And instead of holding the government to account as it should be held to account. And yeah, sure, there are frustrations, but I want better. So many people want better. And if you want better, the answer is participation. And we have an opportunity right now in this leadership to really renew our party in a serious way, to set a progressive direction for our party. We have to, as liberals, make sure that we are principled, we are progressive, and, and we maintain a passion about change and rebuilding not only our party, but our politics. And as I say, if you want better, the, the answer is participation. And, and here's an opportunity for everyone to participate and, and, and build a better province. Now, you mentioned everyone participate. Can you explain how the liberal leadership race is being run? Uh, I know that there were some changes that were made. Uh, one vote, one person. What, how, how do you plan on winning this nomination? So I wish I could tell you all of your listeners should join the Ontario Liberal Party today and vote. But the deadline to become a member has passed. So there are over 100,000 members. We've rebuilt the party in a serious way all across this province. And those members will have an opportunity to decide at the end of November, casting their ballots. There are four of us in this race. It's a ranked ballot. And every riding is worth 100 points. So whether a riding has 100 members or whether a riding has 4,000 members, each riding is of equal weight. And we have crisscrossed the province. We've built a serious team in northern Ontario and southwestern Ontario and everywhere in between. And we're just going to relentlessly continue to build those relationships and connections. And I think continue to emphasize that we need to set the right direction for our party in order to beat Doug Ford. That I don't think we are likely to beat Doug Ford if we are right of center. I don't think we're going to attract swing voters from the NDP and the Green Party if we aren't credible on housing and credible on the Green Belt and credible on defending public health care and education. And so I, I do think there's a choice here in our leadership to determine what direction we, we want for our party, what kind of leadership we want for our party. And if we choose the right direction, we set ourselves up to win. You, you mentioned right center and you mentioned the, 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 this race and, you know, you say right center, people are immediately going to jump to to Bonnie Crombie, who seems to be a little bit more uh, right center than, than you are or your fellow candidates. Um, uh, people might look at that and say, well, the PCs are still so strong in the polling numbers. Why wouldn't it make sense to go with someone more right center? What would you tell to those people? I would say I, I've lived this federally for three election cycles that there was real frustration with Stephen Harper, and rightly so. I was frustrated with Stephen Harper and sort of the cynical government that we saw in the lead-up to 2015. And I got involved, as I say. If you want better, you get involved and you participate. And 
that election was really a progressive primary. It was uncertain at the outset of that election whether it was going to be the Liberal Party or the NDP that was going to be the credible, serious, progressive alternative to the frustrating conservative government. And we are going to face the very same question in the next election. It's going to be a change election. People are going to want to see the end, rightly so, of this Ford government, the incompetence, the lack of compassion, the lack of integrity. But the question is, which party? We have three not Doug Ford parties in this province. And in the last election, Ontario Liberals were we're not Doug Ford, the choice is yours. And people weren't given a reason to vote for us in a serious way. Well, we have to give people a reason to vote for us. And yes, there will be progressive conservatives who are mad about action on the green belt, mad about the lack of integrity and the corruption. And I've got a track record of speaking my mind. I've got a track record of integrity and strong local advocacy. I'm going to bring that same politics to Queen's Park. And yeah, we're going to earn support from progressive conservative-minded voters who are frustrated with, with the broken democracy at Queen's Park. But we need to win the progressive primary. We need to make sure that swing voters between the NDP, the Greens, and the Liberals, they see us as the credible progressive alternative. And we need to make sure that we motivate progressive voters to get out and vote. And we aren't going to motivate them with an unambitious, right-of-center, status quo approach to politics. We're going to motivate them by, by articulating that politics is the most important way to make a difference in the lives of those around us. And we are going to deliver ambitious, serious, incredibly costed ideas on housing, climate, healthcare, education, and more. I want to talk about uh, another one of uh, your your fellow candidates. Uh, Ted Shu is currently the only person in the race who has a seat in provincial parliament. Why are you more qualified than him to take on this mantle? Ted is great. And if he was the leader, I, I would work very hard to support Ted. I don't think having a seat at Queen's Park is the best argument to elect a leader because there are only nine seats that we hold at Queen's Park. And that would suggest that only nine people should be eligible to be leader. And more to the point, if you are one of only nine seats at Queen's Park, you, you don't get a regular slot to speak. You, you don't get a regular space to hold the Ford government accountable in the House. I, I would think differently. If we were the official opposition, then yes, the leader should be in the House and playing that accountability function every single day. But when you're in third place, when you only have nine seats, the job of the leader is to be in every single community across this province, small and large, from Hamilton to Windsor to Sault Ste. Marie, rebuilding this party in every corner of the province and rebuilding an active presence in those relationships that, that we're missing and, and, and that we've let fray and, and we've let deteriorate over the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to my first question. Like, why do you want this job? Like, it's, it's so like it's so easy to, you know, it, you, you had a great answer, your first answer, but half the province is not going to like you by the end. You're going up against Doug Ford. Uh, it, it, it's just, you, you really must want this job because it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. It is a bit of madness. My, my wife's doing her PhD at U of T in nutrition. I've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. I, I love being the member of parliament for Beaches East York. And, and I, you know, I, I could go back to law and, and my, my friends all laugh at me for leaving money on the table in law already doing federal politics. You're leaving even more on the table if you pursue provincial politics. But at no point in my life are we going to see an opportunity to rebuild our politics in, in, in such a serious way? And yes, having only nine seats at Queen's Park is a massive challenge, but it's a huge opportunity to shape our politics as we want it to be. 
And that's why I got involved, to make that difference and to rebuild trust in our democracy and to rebuild our politics to deliver serious leadership. I, I just am so frustrated. Serious people don't want to join politics. They don't want to give up pay. They don't want to give up privacy. They don't want to give up their family. And I get it. So we have to build a politics that is serious. We have to build a politics that is going to be substantive and make our politics about ideas, deliver authenticity and integrity, and more than anything, deliver strong local representation, empower communities by empowering their parliamentarians and their representatives, because those serious people aren't going to join politics if they don't get to keep their own voice on behalf of their home communities. And that's the kind of politics that I want to build. How do you get more people to vote? We've seen voter turnout. The numbers have been discouraging under 50%. You know, there's voter fatigue, municipal, federal, provincial, especially when they're all close together. You have the benefit of a set election date. Uh, a few years away, albeit, but you have the benefit of a set election, knowing when it's going to happen. How do you motivate voters, particularly young voters who could make the difference for you, for another candidate, for another party? Because that seems to be the challenge. And if somebody can crack that 18 to 34 you know, block of voters, it seems like you'd have a lot of success. Easier said than done, though. Yeah, there's no perfect answer to this, but I, I would offer three different answers, okay? So first, it's about the ideas that you want to deliver on. And there are particular ideas, especially around housing and especially around climate, that we need serious ambition around. So if we aren't going to be a party that's going to build things and get housing built and remove all barriers to getting housing built, to get governments back in the game on non-market housing, to treat housing as a home first and an investment second. Young people are furious. Young people are leaving our province because they can't afford to live here. So we need to deliver on that issue. We need to deliver serious climate action to make sure we set our set our kids up to, to have a, a positive future. So on issues, we need seriousness and we need to lead. And on issues that young people especially care about. The second piece is an approach to politics. And if we revert to the same talking points all of the time, if when you ask me a question, I duck the question and politicians love to pivot, right? So it, that kind of politics breaks trust, that we aren't going to agree on absolutely everything as liberals, nor should we. But we should, in, we sh you know, we share values. We will share platform promises. There's got to be a lot of room to disagree otherwise, reasonable disagreement grounded in ideas. And we're going to build a party where any one of my caucus members does an interview with you, they're going to speak honestly. They're going to speak their mind on behalf of their communities. That honesty and that integrity and that authenticity is everything if you're going to build trust among young people who don't just vote based on red, blue, or orange. And lastly, you've got to show up. So I regularly go into schools. I regularly, we have a young liberal internship program. We, we have a youth council. We engage young people in politics all of the time to say, yeah, there are faults to politics. Of course there are faults to politics. Everyone sees it and lives it. But politics is still the most important way to make a difference. And if you want better, then you got to get involved. And if you keep showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up and building those relationships, then people are going to see politics differently. Uh, you mentioned, I believe, in the last debate, uh, you got a couple more, including one coming up uh, next Wednesday. Uh, but you mentioned the last debate. We need to get our names out there, that being you and your fellow candidates. Obviously, you know, there, there is someone who is the head of a big city who's got a lot of name recognition already. Uh, but, but how do you do that? I, you know, it, it, debates have come and gone. Like you said, this is, I believe, your fifth debate. How do you get your name and your fellow candidates' names out there more? So I don't think it's particularly complicated, and this is why I say being at Queen's Park isn't really the be-all, end-all, because to get my name known, 
I've got to do an interview with you. I've got to do another interview with you three months from now. I've got to make sure that I, when I'm in Timmins, that I'm doing local media there, and that I'm engaging with counselors there, and, and that I'm regularly on the ground, and then I build a team of people who are then on the ground when I'm not there. It's the same when I'm in, you know, it's strong local candidates matter, but you've got to do local media absolutely everywhere and, and engage and, and be open and accessible absolutely everywhere. You know, no one in this race has enough name recognition in the way that Justin Trudeau had name recognition or the way that Doug Ford currently has name recognition. So we're, we are all going to have to earn it. Now, I don't think in the end that name recognition or, you know, fundraising a million bucks in a leadership contest, I don't think a war chest name recognition is sufficient to win the general election. I do think in the general election, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I've said this, I mean, we're going to have to, yes, I'm going to have to become better known for sure. But more than anything, the approach to politics is going to really matter. Building that trust in our politics is going to really matter. Attracting a team of people who want to run with us is going to really matter, who want to make a difference alongside us is going to really matter. And this is, leaders matter more than they should. I get it. And so we're going to work relentlessly to become known and to be in every community. But that team, that team that we are going to build is incredibly important, too. And, and we are relentlessly building that team absolutely everywhere so that we do have an active presence in every corner of the province. This leadership campaign has gone on for a few months and now here you are about to enter the the home stretch, the final uh, you know four or five weeks of this uh, with voting taking place the 25th and the 26th with the unveiling of the uh, results at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre on December 2nd. What have you learned about yourself You've, you've obviously campaigned before. You know what it's like to, to go door to door. But what have you learned about yourself during this experience of, of running for the liberal leadership? You know, I was asked over a year ago. So I've been on the road for a year, basically. I've been doing federal. I've been doing provincial. And I'm pretty relentless uh, about politics and about campaigning. I, I have learned, though, that a leadership race is... A marathon that you sprint and so it has been a long road I'm looking forward to the conclusion of it and making sure that then I focus on you know I've worn a federal hat and a provincial hat at the same time and, and it's been exhausting in, in its own right I, I think I've, I've learned more than anything you know you're away from family I've got a seven-year-old a three-year-old and, and I miss my family but I, I, I felt this before but I feel it acutely now that I don't want to do politics because of my family but I want to do politics because of my family that, you know, for all the reasons I, I would love to, you know, I'm glad to be home with my kids today on Halloween. That's great. But I am going to miss them when I'm on the road next week in Ottawa. And yet, despite missing them, I know that I'm doing the right thing in order to serve them and, and to serve all young people by making sure we build a better province for them. And so, I, you know, I, I knew that going in, but I feel that much more acutely now. Uh, the next uh, Liberal Leadership Candidate Debate is Wednesday, November 8th, happening in Ottawa at 7 p.m. And again, as mentioned, uh, voting starts the 25th and 26th. And as uh, Nate mentioned there, uh, you do already have to be a uh, Liberal member uh, to vote. But uh, Nate, I really appreciate you making the time, making your pitch to Hamilton voters. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And if people are not a member but they want to help out, they can always volunteer and, and head to meetnate.ca. Anyway, thanks so much. No problem. Thanks, Nate. Uh, my thanks to Nate Erskine-Smith for joining me today, and my thanks to you as well, because we could not do this show without your support. Make sure you like and subscribe however you found us on CHCH Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, or you can go to chch.com slash podcast to find all our past episodes and any upcoming new episodes. My thanks to Mike Corston for directing today's show. 
And once again, my thanks to you. From all of us here at CHCH, I'm Louis Butko. Have a great day.